to avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. podcast. With that, folks, we're going to dive into the 1988 classic of They Live by one John Carpenter, written under one of his pseudonyms of Frank Armitage. There's our first trivia bomb for the show. So, uh, like we said, we are queued up to the Universal logo, uh, at least by my timer for Amazon. Most of us are watching this off Amazon Prime because it's a place we can find it, stream it. Um, I'm at the 25-second mark, so... Uh, we're going to start the movie here in three, two, one. So um, you may hear some of the audio of the movie as we're watching this. I'm not sure where my volume levels are at because uh, as I was telling my, my co-host before we started this, I feel like I'm in mission control because I've got my headset on. So I've got our Skype conversation going on on my laptop and then I've got my daughter's laptop so I can stream this as well as my notepad and my phone. So, <laughs> this is ground control to Chris in whatever station you're at currently. What is the temperature of Mars? <laughs> Actually, it's like 80 degrees in here. <laughs> uh, ground control to Major Tom. So, here we are at the opening. Roddy Piper, yay! I always did love the opening of this, how the title blended into the graffiti. Yeah. And Keith David, that was uh, another bit of trivia I found out with my research today, that uh, uh, John Carpenter specifically wrote uh, the Frank part for uh, Keith David after uh, working with him in The Thing, that he liked working with him, and so that's he created the part just for him. And these two guys work so well on camera together, too. Yeah. They did such great chemistry. I would have loved to see like, Sequel after sequel of Buddy Cop movie with these two guys. <laughs> well, that's I'm I, actually surprised they didn't do more together. Well, that, um, speaking of doing things together, um, that's what I didn't get to watch before I started. This is one of those trivia things I, I found that I wished I, I got sidetracked with garden stuff before I could watch it. But um, speaking of uh, Keith David and Piper working together, um, the fight scene. The fight scene's the legendary part, of, one of the legendary parts of this movie. They recreated that fight scene in uh, Saints Row 4? Yeah, Saint, Saint Row, Saints Row 4, and they portrayed themselves in the video game. Oh, that's cool. But then on top of that, there and it's up on Hulu, so I can watch it now, there's an episode from Season 5 of Adventure Time called The Red, Thor- Red Throne that they do a parody of the fight in that episode, and the characters fighting are voiced by Roddy Piper and Keith David. I love that show. You did your research, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's amazing what I can do when I'm caffeinated in the morning. (laughs) Have Have any of you read the short story this was based off of? No, but Amanda wanted to read it to me that night, and I said no too soon. <laughs> it's a very good thing, too, because I had never read it. I pulled it up. It's called 8 O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson. Yep. And 
basically the lead character is at like a, a show with the hypnotist, and when the hypnotist wakes them up, he wakes all the way up, so he's able to see the aliens, and that's how he sees them, and they're kind of reptilian. And at some point in the story, one of the reptilian people, call, I think they call fascinators in the story, call him and say, you're an old man, tomorrow at 8 o'clock in the morning you're going to die, repeat. And he doesn't want to blow the fact that he can see them, so he just repeats it and then figures out a way to kind of get a message out there that all of them are, are aliens. And then he ends up dying at 8 o'clock in the morning from a heart attack. And I was in tears after reading that. Oh. like, oh, that's just too close, too close to home. Yeah. And, you know, the, the scene where he's walking down and warming his hands on the, uh, I guess, the exhaust from the, the street is they were saying that uh, he brought a lot of his personal experiences as growing up as a kid from when he was living on the streets and living in youth hostels. He brought a lot of that to when he was doing this this part. Yeah, I saw that in the research. I did not know that as part of his history. Yeah, I was trying to do a little bit more research because when I was watching the the um, biography, if you will, of the uh, Born to Controversy, he mentions that he left home at about 13 years of age, but he didn't mention why. And you could tell it was choking him up a little bit, and they just move on to you know him going to the hostels. But if you believe Wikipedia which I generally don't, yeah. but if you believe Wikipedia, they said he had a falling out with his father after he was discovered having a switchblade in school, and that caused him to leave home. Hmm. Yeah, the, the least stuff I saw, it just said he had a falling out with his dad, but it didn't really say what. So. And that was the whitest... High five I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Wee! Uh, other bit of trivia. Um, the let's see, I got all my side notes here. But uh, I guess there's a commentary track with the the UK release on DVD uh, with Carpenter and Piper talking, and uh, the the social political commentary that, you know, the critique of Reaganism and Reaganomics and everything else that was kind of portrayed through the movie. But uh, all of the homeless people that are portrayed in this film are actual homeless living in L.A. that uh, they fed and sheltered them throughout the production of the movie. Did not know that. Yeah. So many of them were hired, employed... uh, Actors attempting to get the uh, many of the uh, see what was the note uh, of the homeless people they're all real and paid paid to be extras uh, and Piper in the commentary praises uh, Car- Carpenter for doing this and saying the problem's not as bad now but it still needs to be fixed and of course that's still a problem still going unfixed shirtless Piper. <laughs> Instead of squirrel, hey, Piper's got his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the gun show. Keith David can rock a purple wife beater, essentially. <laughs> Tink top. Oh, he's jealous. He's got the envy. Look at that. He didn't like <laughs> that so gun show. The dirt. Oh, oh, oh. 
See, the one thing about this movie, and I, I, I really did not think about it too much until probably right about the scene where they raid the church, is how much this movie still stands up, social commentary-wise. Oh, yeah. It might have been about Reaganomics back in the day, but holy shit. I mean, nowadays, we're more outraged over the fact that Cecil Lyon gets killed, <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, there's other shit going on, but yet the media wants you to focus on the little things. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's a definite rabbit trail we could go down right now. Well, I, I look at this movie like it's our generation, 1984. And, I mean, it does yeah. still hold up, and I think it's actually more poignant now, especially when we get a little bit later when they start doing the transmissions and talking about like our overlords and they're trying to keep us poor and fighting each other. I mean, it just, I watched it Friday night and just kept hitting beat after beat of shit that, okay, I could basically be reading anything out of the newspaper about right now. Yeah. And just for the record, I was outraged. It says the lion got killed too. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Uh, I got I yeah I've got I, <laughs> that's a rabbit trail we could definitely go down uh, I'm not I'm not no by no means am I happy the lion got killed but it, it was interesting I mentioned on my Facebook during the week though that uh, people on uh, African citizens uh, through the BBC Africa's Twitter feed were saying that all this media coverage going on for one line that's being killed but how many people how much coverage have you seen lately for what Boko Haram is doing to the people of Africa but that just that's that's pot stirring I'm we're here to enjoy a movie we're here to pay tribute to a man (laughs) well you know next week when we do um a running commentary on born free then we'll go a little more (laughs) but for now you know homeward bound Oh, good lord. Is it wrong of me to say Michael J. Fox's voice acting was a little shaky in that one? Oh. Uh, bum Sorry. <laughs> it did get a, it, it, yeah, a little jittery. You, you can reach him at Duckman at... <laughs> <laughs> How dare you say that, sir? Yeah. On a side note, the other, uh, another role that I enjoyed Keith David in uh, for the short-lived uh, Spawn animated series was on HBO. He was the voice of Spawn. Oh, he was, right, I thought his he? voice sounded familiar. God, that was a great show. But more people also know him as, son, how did you get the beans above the Franks? <laughs> beans and Franks, beans and Franks. And what are they eating? Beans and frangs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this goes back to kind of what you were saying, Don. I had read uh, an article, and it quoted Carpenter where he was saying, you know, I could have got, like, an actor established, like, Kurt Russell type to come in and do this movie, but Piper was, you know, genuine and an entertainer. There's mm-hmm. better actors, but there was no better entertainer for this role and when I watch this, he does. He just seems so genuine. And there's not a second he's on screen that I'm not just focused on him. 
Well, even the, uh, that first scene with the two, with just a few minutes ago, of, uh, Keith David and, and Piper walking up the street together. Piper just looked like a natural guy walking down the street with a backpack. Keith David had a little more look like I'm acting this part. I mean, it was. It's just, it, it, it's not an effort. It just is. Yeah, no, I, maybe he was thinking back in those, uh, shall we say, uh, youthful years of his where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, that's what he did. Matter of fact, he said he got into wrestling because he was at a, uh, youth hostel and the, one of the fathers there, he said, and, and this is the funniest part, um, and I'm gonna have to paraphrase because I don't remember it word for word, but the father looked at him and said, you know, Roderick, you're going to end up on the streets. You're going to end up doing something bad. And you're going to go to jail for these people. And they're going to murder, murder you and rape you and not in that order. And he looked at the father and said, are you sure? <laughs> do, you have, do you have this written in stone somewhere? Can I get a second opinion? <laughs> and it was the father who turned him on to pro wrestling. He said there's a promotion. They take uh people um amateur for amateur wrestling and all this stuff but it was for pro wrestling and they paid you twenty five dollars for your match and he said well hell shit that's two months rent right there because i guess the hostel was a quarter a week cheap in them days um and that's what started it is it would it took a father saying you're going to get raped in prison now okay i'll be a professional wrestler Give me the tights, I'll do it. So apparently the blind street preacher doesn't get messages from God. He gets messages from the TV. Don't we all? George Buck Flowers. Another underappreciated. A flickering neon idol. And that is why my mom called it the idiot box. Those just try to I just remember uh, with George Buck Flowers that it just dawned on him. I know he's another one who's done a fair amount of Carpenter's movies as kind of one of the background characters. And it just dawned on me one of his other roles was in uh, Escape from New York. He's the one with the when Snake Plissken finds the guy with the, the tracking bracelet that's supposed to be the president. He's the, he's the drunk. Oh, I'm the president. I'm president of the United States. All right. They told me when I got this, I will be president. Yeah. <laughs> No, I haven't seen that movie very much. No. <laughs> oh, here's a, here's a game we can play as the movie goes on. Keep an eye out for uh, Roddy's left hand, because during production, he's enough of a committed married man that he refused to remove his wedding ring during filming. Yep. So, see if you can spot the ring now and then. Actually, you know, the funny part is, is when I watched it Friday night, that was, I think, the first thing I noticed is that he kept the ring on. Oh. And, you know, it, I, it, I, I think that was an untapped way they could have added that into the story is maybe he was, oh, yeah. maybe his family died and he refuses to remove the ring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just thinking nowadays, though, with CGI and everything else, if they really wanted to push it, it'd be... How much was it of the budget of, uh, guess who, their, their remake they did of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner that had, uh, Ashton Kutcher in it? Oh, uh. That the, the, uh, 
his little red ribbon Kabbalah bracelet. They CGI'd, they had to CGI out his bracelet throughout the movie because he refused to take it off. I was actually thinking of how they uh, took an original movie, E.T., and I don't mean original in plot, I just mean original, the uh, whole original format is you had the FBI agents blockade with machine guns, and all of a sudden, when they re-released it, they took out the machine guns and added walkie-talkies. Yes. Uh, Spielberg. Spielberg is a coward. Way to cave, way to cave. I love that overwrought acting. How many people that sitting next to their dad suddenly go, Daddy, I have a headache. I used to do that all the time. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> How was he supposed my... to know if I didn't tell him? <laughs> Daddy! I'm a headache. I stubbed my toe. <laughs> Why? Why me? Why anyone? When I used to get like really bad coughing fits, I used to go to my mom and say, I think I have a brontosaurus instead of bronchitis. <laughs> because for some reason, brontosaurus was easier to say than bronchitis when I was a child. It's a big fucking frog to have in your throat. Well, it explains my girth. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> It's probably in there going, you know, would it kill you to eat broccoli now and then? <laughs> Put down the chicken wings. Your doctor will love you for it. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. Why are you making me eat? <laughs> this is an abomination to me. Don't you understand? No. <laughs> you should probably <laughs> describe the scenes we're, like, entering in. This looks like, yeah. It, you, nowadays it's like, oh, meth lab. <laughs> and that was, this was, yeah, this happened just slightly before you'd say, oh, they're cooking the rock. <laughs> Where's the baking soda? I don't, I don't see any powder around. Yeah, now if you enter a building and you, you see things like, I don't know, little blue liquid here, little this, little that, the last thing you'll be expecting to see is a pair of sunglasses. Yes. Breaking Bad, the early years. <laughs> I'm Heisenberg. Put on the fucking glasses. glasses. You're damn right. <laughs> it's not say my name, it's wear my shades. Wear my shades. They're <laughs> Oakleys. You're damn right. And for those listening to the dark, the dead silence there, we yeah. are at the part where they're in the church. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why I couldn't tell. I, I got the volume jacked up on my daughter's laptop, but I didn't know if it's picking up or not. No, I can't hear it at all. Yeah. And I got mine on mute, so. Oh. <laughs> Can I just say that these are the most unobservant fucking secret, like, group ever? Like, he's stumbling, he's fucking pulling panels out of the wall, and they're just like, no, no, I don't hear anything. What? That church music is not very stealthy. Except for... It's the blowing guy. This always gets the house. I always forget this one part. Yeah. 
Here, let me feel your face. <laughs> now, see, that's the thing I don't, I couldn't quite figure out when I was watching this uh, Friday night. Okay, if you put the glasses on, you can see what they look like, but for the most part, without the glasses, they look just like you and me. Mm-hmm. What could he feel that would guarantee that what he was feeling wasn't alien? Yeah. I wonder how much of their impairments through visual cortex. So it could be since he's blind blind. Because if you think about it, and it's jumping to the ending, wouldn't the lady fucking the alien have felt that too, so to speak? Maybe she liked how it felt. Well, you, you've got a thorny dick. <laughs> I'll keep going. <laughs> uh, What's the matter, baby? Well, you got thorns on your dick, sir. And you also look like a skinned cadaver. <laughs> Big bug eyes. I was telling Amanda that uh, the, that night also as well, I when I was in complete denial thinking, oh, well, the first place I heard it was TMZ. Um, because, by the way, that is a, a noise she said she never yeah. wanted to hear again. Is uh, She had left the uh, room I have my computer in. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she hears, ah! Are you okay? Ah! And she comes stumbling in because, you know, she has a bad leg, folks. Uh, she comes stumbling in. I'm just staring at my computer and she's like, what, what, what? And I just point. And she looks at it and she goes, Oh no! And just immediately hugs me because yeah. I guess I had that little little kid the uh, the shaking of the lip thing where they're fighting it for all they're worth. But uh, I I told her I said I'm probably going to go to the website because you know there's going to be a lot of people going to Amazon or eBay or whatever buying you know the hot rod shirt. But I was listening to the uh, podcast and he doesn't see a dime of it of that. Mm. You go to his. Uh, website and they sell the official merchandise for you know for all his shirts and whatever not and it goes directly to him and Mm. i was reading i don't know how true this is i'm hoping just saying considering he helped make the wwf wwe what it was they said that um he had once made the comment he'll never see 65 that's why he would continuously go back and do the shows, which, depending on what interview you listen to, that could be true, it could not. Again, this was Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. But I guess the WWE has a pension plan for wrestlers that have been there for a long period of time, and they see it when they reach 65. Well, he passed away when he was 61. Yeah. And I'm sure he's going to see, you know, his family's going to still see the royalties from this movie Hell Comes to Frogtown. Um, one I have to order, as a matter of fact, unless I wait for the horror convention. Because I saw the preview for it, and it is, it's funny. It's pro wrestlers versus zombies. <laughs> There's one and, you did. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish yours. Well, I was just going to say, and, and it, the preview ended with him hitting somebody and goes, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> well, there's uh, one I... Still don't think it's gotten a release or distribution that uh, he did with uh, Frankie Munoz and uh, Diamond Dallas Page. The DDP played a bad guy. It's called uh, Pizza Guy or something like that. I'd have to look it up again. 
But yeah, I saw one of the the behind the scenes shot of the three of them together that DDP had posted up uh, over the weekend. So it's a raid. Policia, policia. This is also at a time too. This is pre Rodney King. So it's kind of a, diff- a different look at, you wouldn't have some of those jokes you would have now or inflections and portrayals of LA law enforcement, I guess. What, was this done before or after the whole Rodney King thing? Before. Cause this was in 88 and, uh, Rodney King was in 92? 91 or 92 is when the, when it actually happened. Cause I remember, my freshman year in college, watching the L.A. riots unfold. It was a different time. Yeah. Because, yeah, definitely that's that's a true sign of the difference of the time. You wouldn't see them. <laughs> One, they wouldn't be rushing in with flares because you're probably hitting a meth lab. <laughs> and... You might use that well. Yeah, be more worried of explosions. And I will, I don't know if it's, God, I don't know if it's just the white man in me looking at it, but <laughs> for being Los Angeles, I'm not seeing more Latino representation of the, the homeless and everyone that's there. They're starting to see more of them as running around as the extras. But earlier in the film, it didn't seem like there's that many, but I guess there's more showing up now as the, the camps being destroyed by the riot cops and bulldozers. That was the other thing. I mean, what was the point in this? I mean, I guess I can sort of see a certain point, but what seriously, what was the point of them bulldozing the homeless encampment when the target is what they originally were going at to begin with, which was the church? What was the, what was the point of bulldozing down the uh, the homeless uh, tents and shit? Well, it looks like some of the the people of the the little cell that was in the church. It looks like some of them were based out of the the camp there. So well, and it yeah. just looks like shit. Okay, <laughs> gentrification. So you bulldoze it, and the property around it, the prices soar. And I always kind of took it as a, a break your will sort of thing. Like, that's all they had. Yeah. So they're going to come in and take what little they still have left and, and the, break their spirit. And knowing that Make some of them... Make them less likely to fight back against yeah, anything. Knowing that some of them had part of the do with the transmissions, that maybe that would just kind of beat them down to the point where they wouldn't even bother because they figure, you know, why even try? Yeah. Which goes back to the short story. There's a part in there where they are not as like, why should I even try? I can't beat them. What can one man do? So, <laughs> I had this scene queued up on YouTube when I was trying to find and watch it the other day. And I'm like, oh, this is supposed to be full length. It was fully Spanish dubbed. So at this point, it's like, are you with me? Are you with me? <laughs> They had uh, Piper do some stunt coordinating there because those punches are so pulled. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, I know they talked about going back to that fight scene. Uh, mm-hmm. They said that both him and uh, Keith David worked on that scene for over a month to build yep. up to it. Yeah, the only only punches they faked in the whole thing were all the shots to uh, the face and the groin. The rest of it, they really beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and it was impressive to see him pull, uh, him being Keith David, mm-hmm. pull a couple of wrestling holds in there. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's like, I remember watching this for the first time, and it's like, you know, oh, there's a suplex. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know they got to work them in there somehow. But, well, uh, I remember the clothesline in there. That one was pretty good. Yeah. Boom. I guess more more trivia about the fight. I guess we can get the fight the fight trivia out of the way so that we're not talking about it during the fight, I guess, <laughs> so we can appreciate it in all its glory. I mean, of course, besides the uh, – I remember watching the South Park Cripple fight when it first played, and I'm watching, and I'm like, this looks really, really familiar. And then, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy to Timmy, just put on the fucking hat. <laughs> just put on the fucking hat. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> my wife's like, what? Is it? It's They Live. It's They Live. <laughs> and then it came you out know, the day after they did a shot-for-shot shot remake of it. <laughs> you know, I... I, I... I remember when we were talking just a little while ago about that uh, one WrestleMania match with him and Goldust. Yes. I could not help but think when they were in the back alley right before. And by the way, the, he did really hit him with that car because they were talking that the original intention was for Piper to dart to the side. Mm-hmm. But as the whole thing trans- transpired, he realized there was no way in hell he could get out of the way quick enough, so he just decided to leap up forward and hit the hood as hard as he could. But I just could... I remember first seeing that match and thinking, this is They Live, only one guy's all gold. Yeah. And wearing a teddy underneath all that. Yeah. And incidentally, the the homeless kid that he's kind of that he kind of pals around with there um, was in the original Flowers in the Attic movie. Just so oh, you know. he was. Yes, he was. I mean, so I've heard. I've not watched that movie <laughs> twice. <laughs> Never watched it 50 times or anything. <laughs> so, uh, another bit of trivia for the fight scene. Um, you know how the, they scripted the fight scene since it was all ad-libbed? Six, mm-hmm. pa- six pages of Carpenter's script just says, fight continues. <laughs> oh, and I'm I'm pretty sure everyone knows about this, but the um iconic line, and I'm gonna wait because we can all say it together if we want, because <laughs> we all know the line I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. I guess before filming started, after he had cast Piper in in the movie, is Piper came up to him with a notebook, and Carpenter looked at him and go, "What's this?" And he goes. This is just stuff, you know, I've thought that this character would say. You know, little one-liners, if you will. This is stuff I've, I wrote for myself for, you know, wrestling, and I just haven't got around to using it. And he goes through it, and he gets to that iconic line, and he goes, oh, yeah, I love this. We're putting this in. <laughs> so a lot of the dialogue, when he first puts on the glasses and he's walking around – and he's seeing them for the first time. That's kind of all, all Piper, what Piper would say if he was actually put in that position. Yeah. I'll say a good uh, callback from a couple weeks ago uh, with the, 
the Irish Pubcast. They recently recorded an episode in their little promo shot they had of the, the three of them uh, together. Uh, Wayne Talbot ran it through that uh, Dream Deeply AI thing on Google that still creeps me the fuck out whenever I see stuff from that. So I don't do psychedelics. <laughs> but <laughs> it was funny because the picture he, he put with it, he's wearing an... Uh, they live t-shirt with the obey on the front of it. And so I found the perfect caption. It's the shocked look of Piper when he's like looking over the top of the glasses, like what the fuck? <laughs> so I felt that was a very meta post, but, uh, I would say, uh, <laughs> the good one coming up for the fight. Um, and you guys watch the, the it crowd. British oh, yes. sitcom. Yeah. That, yes. That I'll was pointed out. out. <laughs> uh, it's it's a great show of the two guys uh, in a office building that are in the IT department in the very bottom. And I mean, the running joke is the one guy saying, "Hello, IT department. Have you tried turning that off and turning it on again?" Okay, thank you. There you go. <laughs> but with his his uh, coworker, that he's far more geeky, uh, played by uh, Richard uh, Ayod. How do you pronounce his last name? I can't remember. But he's, he's definitely the point Dexter looking bow tie wearing glasses one. And he's like this pub trivia challenge episode that he's like the master at it. And he shows up with his milk carton sipping away. And then you hear him, uh, you know, the dregs sipping. And he finally just says, I came here to drink milk and kick ass. And I finished my milk. Very <laughs> uh, Back when I was living at my mom's house, I used to love to stay up late. And I one time was, I guess, I fell asleep on the couch. And I hear my mom going, Dawn, wake up and go to bed. I'm thinking, boy, that's counterproductive, isn't it? <clears throat> but um, I said, hold on, hold on. And I opened my eyes. And they live is on, playing on the TV. And it's the part where he enters the bank. I go, I just want to hear this line. Hold on. <laughs> and he says the line. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Turned off the TV and went to bed. She's just looking at me like, really? That's the line we're waiting for? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Uh, well, and also speaking of the legendary line, we're saving. We're saving. Uh, it was also used quite well in uh, the classic video game of Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> Where would that. you rate that line in uh, iconic movie lines, like with the I'll be back and all that stuff? Where would you rate that? Uh, are we talking in general or with action movies? Uh, Well, I doubt it'll ever be on par with, frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Right. <laughs> Just kidding, folks. Actually, I think it's way higher than that. Um, <laughs> I would say in action movies. Oh, It's, it's got to be easily, you know, top three. If not at uh, top two, I mean, you still, uh, well, you know, the other ones that pop straight in your head, you get, you know, I'll be back. Uh, you, uh, you know, uh, yippee ki Yes, that's right, getting. <laughs> I just lost in this first time we see an alien face. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, at least according, and I'm, I don't know, I'm not sure if this bit of trivia stated is 100% sh- 100% true. But it says, all the various aliens throughout the film, both male and female, were portrayed by stunt coordinator Jeff I- Amata. All of them? 
That's what this little note said. I'm not 100% sure on that because it, it, I would think that would be a waste to do a bunch of split screen shots when you got like the new, the, the, uh, in the, uh, TV studio with the news crew and stuff. So, uh, I think someone's false on that one. Bad trivia. Bad trivia. <laughs> I was just thinking the bank scene. I mean. Oh, that too. Yeah. There were I, a lot of aliens in that one. I guess we have to bring up the fact that Shepard Fairey's world famous because of the whole Obey thing. Right. I was just going to say that one. (laughs) (laughs) And we've got a a sort of kind of uh, director cameo because the little twirly thing saying sleep and sleep, sleep is Carpenter's voice. Yep. I don't know, maybe it was just the, the stunt, stunt coordinator for just the individual shots. At various <laughs> times. It would be yeah, simplified. It would be so Yeah, with the, the makeup setup, it would be so easier to just go from that one one person, change the outfit and the wig, but you don't have to redo the face makeup. Yeah. I'm a little shocked that they used the, uh, well, they didn't use William Shatner's mask for it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just put some bug eyes into there. Now, this scene cracks me up. Do any of you remember back like in the early 80s, the generic yes. food at grocery stores? Yep, yep. black label. Yep. <laughs> Every beer, time beer. it reminds me of that. Uh-oh. Time for a change? Nope, I was just twirling uh, one of my birthday gifts, uh. which was a... Uh, a coin that on one side has a mountain gorilla on it that says the year 1971. So, oh. it's a big fucking coin. So it sounded like it. <laughs> it's up there with like a medal that they give in the uh, Olympics. Boom! I'd I like thought to buy a pack just of cigarettes. Two cents in. <laughs> well, I don't know what the currency exchange rate is, so. Either it could have been in my two cents or it could have been a buck seventy two. Who knows? I'm sure it's worth three chimps and a couple capuchins. God keep them. I hate those little bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love this old lady. (laughs) Excuse me. <laughs> you, you're all right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the fun, sad part is there are moments I see people like that that come into my place of business and I want to say the exact same thing. You, you're all right. You, you're an asshole. <laughs> Of course, if they start talking to their watches, I'm running for my fucking life. <laughs> You're so creepy how they all like are talking to their watches and just walking toward them slowly. What's really creepy is they're quite articulate for not having any lips. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ooh, People Magazine. <laughs> it's Donald okay. Trump on the right. <laughs> <laughs> His hair is eternal. <laughs> oh, speaking of hair, I gotta say that just as a sidetrack. I finally started watching, uh, getting around the new season of The Strain. Uh, what's his name? Corey Stahl. His wig mm-hmm. is rather obvious. Yeah, it's, it's the worst wig ever on the history of television. Yeah. Thank and you, you agree with me that the, the, the kids should die right now? The kids annoying as fuck. <laughs> yeah, for people who don't know, Corey, Corey Stahl is also playing the, the bad guy right now in Ant-Man, and he's got a shaved head. So, yeah. yeah, his hair color looks different. The texture looks different. It's a wig. Yep, here comes one of the be- one of the better wrestling moves. Yes, off there, Matthews. And fuck you. <laughs> yes. Short clothesline. That's a big service revolver. Really? It's a little ostentatious, I think, for police work. Well, maybe he's compensating for his tiny alien thorny dick. That's true. This is why he's got the gigantic Tomfa nightstick, too. That's a big one. No, I'm not convinced that their tiny little dicks aren't more like octopus arm based. You get the whole tentacle fetish overseas. It's got to come from somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for that visual. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen that uh, co- uh, web comic someone did? Is like for the first. Oh, yep, yep. Wait, wait, wait for it, folks. Feel free to jump in. <laughs> On your mark, <laughs> get set. <laughs> Smile. I'm here. here. I have come here to do two things. Chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All out of (laughs) bubblegum. Oh, good splatter. I bet you that's one of those things probably sensor-wise. You could probably get away with that because it's in black and white. Right. Because that's one of those things I still don't... <laughs> Mama, Mama, don't like don't tattletales. No tattletales. I still want to get... Uh, I need to get my, my friend Satoshi over in Japan see if he can ever find me a copy of uh, Kill Bill, The Whole Bloody Affair. Oh, please do. Love it. Well, because the uh, with that release... The part in the the House of Flowers fight with the Crazy 88s when it goes black and white, they did that for the censors to secure their R rating. Mm-hmm. That with by not showing blood, but the uh, the whole bloody affair version doesn't go to black and white. <laughs> See, now all the way back in 1988, we have uh, commentary on drones and surveillance. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which scares me when you got just average citizens with drones. Why do you need one? Why? 
was it last week or the week before that story came out about that father that shot one out of the sky with a shotgun because it was hovering yes. over his property and his like his daughters were laying out out back and he'd watched the drone kind of go two houses down kind of underneath a shedding and was looking at stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, but back to alien genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a great, uh, I'll have to see if I can find it again and share it up on the, uh, our, our Facebook page, but there's a, uh, a comic someone did of this the first time that Lois Lane and, Su- and Superman have sex. <laughs> you see him drop trout and you see, you know, just kind of the visual from behind his backside and Lois going like, Oh my God, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> Well, it's my penis text tentacles. But what's the rest of it? Well, that's the pincers that grab onto your genitalia to, to keep me in, in place. And, and she's like, no fucking way is this happening. <laughs> uh, is Meg Foster still with us? I think she is. I saw her because she had the most stunning blue eyes. Now, see, right there, me and you, are we're on the same page. When we were watching this Friday, I'm like, you know, she has weird-looking weird eyes, but they're stunning. And this mm-hmm. is Amanda. I don't like her. Why? <laughs> her eyes look too weird. Really? Really? She is indeed still with us. Oh, good. Yeah, definitely, there's just those piercing. I mean, they're almost, almost a sky blue. Matter of fact, she is going to be in the newest uh, Rob Zombie movie, 31. Oh. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, because she was in Lords of Salem as well. No, still never got around to watching that. I watched half of it, and my connection died, and I never got around to watching it before it dropped off of whatever channel it was on that I could get through the uh, Apple TV. Yeah. I did stay up and watch... uh the new episode of uh, uh, Hannibal last night, so I did get that done. That's my evening plan. I didn't didn't get a chance to watch it earlier today. However, uh, speaking of staying up late, I know you had to watch the uh, Ronda Rousey fight last night that she dedicated yes, I did. to Piper. Yep. Holy God, that girl is dominant. There's a bear. What, you guys can see me? <laughs> <laughs> you left your camera on, Joe. <laughs> Not only is it full on bear, he's got the mullet rocking too. Yeah, he's a bear. And there's his cub. Girl, she brought home another one. Oh my god. Seriously. I can't wait. I can't wait to critique his look because he looks like nothing but total lumberjack wannabe. (laughs) It's more like your mullet is so much better than his. Yours has a wave. This just hangs there. Sorry. <laughs> this might be the most 80s apartment ever in the history of television or movies or anything else. Okay, so white. You can tell she has no kids or pets. Yeah, it's clean. <laughs> and it's white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at back. my... Uh, um, <laughs> I'm looking at my kitchen. And, sorry. I was just thinking it's so white, and I'm like, I'm thinking of my kitchen and dining room and uh, landing leading outside, and it's just mulberry tracks of where the dogs went through the mulberries to get inside. <laughs> it's like, I haven't had the time, energy, nor motivation to clean the floors yet. 
Yeah. I got miscellaneous puddles of dog slobber in my house, so. <laughs> my dog's shedding like crazy, so I have clumps of white hair all over the place. I've been vacuuming every day. Yeah, there was an episode of Malcolm in the Middle where they did a flashback and showed them before they had children. And everything in their house was completely immaculate, walls white, and then they flashed to the present day, just everything's in ruins. (laughs) Yeah, I remember catching them. My my daughter was on a Malcolm in the Middle jag for a while when she found it on Netflix. (laughs) Still funny as hell to think of him as Walter White. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what blew my mind about that show is uh, the way they portrayed it, because I haven't really watched the series at all. I think I've seen an episode or two. Which one? But I just rem- of Breaking Bad. Okay. And I just remember seeing the DVD cover of I think season one. It's him in a sh- disheveled shirt in his underwear. Yep. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this must be a comedy. <laughs> at times. Oh, there's some funny parts. At a times. Really dark, dark, dark comedy at times. Badger and Skinny Pete. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the bathtub. Oh. Uh, I need to do a rewatch on that series at some point. Oh, I've got uh, one of my <laughs> friends between my friend Charles. Uh, thanks for posting stuff on the page, Charles. Uh, he, he out of nowhere took up needlepoint and uh, with uh, and cross stitch. Um, one of the other ladies that works at the pub, uh, Ricky, who's also a horror fan. Hopefully, you listen to Ricky. I think one of them actually did the post after they uh, found it, but they're doing a cross stitch pattern that has a you know the Winnebago, but <laughs> but the but the the text above and below the Winnebago says, "This is my domicile, bitch." <laughs> I'm a big fan of subversive needlepoint and embroidery and stuff. There's yeah. just something so funny about how it's such a sweet hobby and it's yes. you know blah, blah blah, and then you just say the foulest things and quote the weirdest things and oh love it oh yeah because uh, he did do one of a uh, cupcake that he showed the original pattern that showed like this this pink frosted cupcake and it's supposed to say like sugar sweet on the word <laughs> across top of it he says i don't think i got it quite right but you know the cupcake looked like a cupcake on the front but he put bitches across the top of the cupcake instead <laughs> huh. Holly Thompson, the only character in the entire movie who actually has a last name. Well, actually, was it? Oh, what, what was it? Because um, we were marveling over that in the credits. There were like, they called him Nada? Yep. As in nothing? Yep. And he, I think his actual first name was John Nada. And from the... Well, uh they ever said in the movie. Like, I think in the credits, he's only credited as Nada. Well, yeah, right. the short story it was based on, his name is George George Nada. Nada. Yeah. That is some 80s fucking hair. There's about a can and a half of Aquanet in that shit. <laughs> <game. laughs> half of the whole of the Amazon came from her styling. Do not smoke near her hair. We repeat, do not smoke near her hair. Somebody It'll call my agent. Like a Roman candle. <laughs> Uh, I've got Taylor in my head now. Somebody call my agent. My hair is lifting. <sighs> well, I'm sure it was humid and all that. <laughs> you know, for the action scenes when you're running, you want the bounce to stay in place. 
hair was so, oh, yeah, I almost stole a Margaret Cho line there. Hair used to be so feathered, it looked like a butt in the back. <laughs> I just remember fo- following my sister after she had uh, done her hair in the bathroom, and you go in there and you almost pass out from all the fumes. <laughs> yeah, I used, to, I used to be known to use a little Aquanet now and then back in the day. <laughs> You were going for that uh, kid and play look. <laughs> uh, I did. I didn't do too many house parties, so. No pajama jammy jams. <laughs> uh, uh, so we run from the police. So, uh, random trivia. Um, as we've said, based off short story, uh, 8 o'clock in the morning by Ray Nelson, uh, story was originally published in 1963, but uh, according to Carpenter, his movie is based off the uh, Clips comics book adaption of the story. I didn't even know there was a, another version of it. I just remember they said there was a uh, moment, I guess, when Piper was out of it. I don't know if it was not too long after the filming of this or if it was, like, a long time after. But he said that this was based off of a true story. (laughs) And it's like, um, was this when you got in your car accident, sir? Because I don't think so. But to be fair, I guess uh, there were several times where one where he was uh, diagnosed with lymphoma, mm-hmm. and also he had a serious, serious car accident where he was in ICU for a while. And who knows? They might have interviewed him when he was on some pretty good morphine. Yeah. Unless he knew the truth and were asleep. <laughs> Leave me alone. What did you do? I leave you alone for one day. One day, motherfucker. And you go up and blow up a... You shoot up a bank? The hell's wrong with you? He looks so clean cut in that one. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if that was... I think that was from back in his... I'm trying to remember if they said that was from his Portland, Oregon wrestling days or if that was from the uh, NWA wrestling days. Mm. Where that picture was taken. Yeah. Did he really not think they'd come and empty the trash? Yeah. And and this scene astounds me, and I'll tell you why. I can't find something I accidentally threw away in a two-foot garbage can. <laughs> But yet he manages to find a box with a couple of, you know, sunglasses in it. Yeah, but movie trash is the cleanest trash you'll ever see, too. <laughs> so much cardboard. It, that's another sign of the times. You know how many people would be fined for not recycling that shit now in L.A.? <laughs> I mean, all that shredded paper that's not soaked in whatever. <laughs> And here's another part that I don't understand about this scene. Why did they have to tilt that thing back? 
Uh, I don't know. I'd have to say with the style of the truck, if it's one of those, it's a, if it's a front loader for dumpsters or something. If the guy still thought the gate was closed, but I'm sure there's there's got to be something in the cab of the truck that says, uh, you know, your gate's open. <laughs> but yeah, it's got the front loader for the dumpster, so it's probably shift everything to the back so you can fill up the front more or something. But now, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little surprised. And of course, here comes the infamous fight scene. But yes. I'm surprised, and I'm I'm hoping I'm not the only one that thought it. But whenever that scene comes up and he comes out of the back of that garbage truck, I think of the scene from uh, Better Off Dead. Damn, now that's a perfectly uh, that's, that's perfect a damn shame when someone throws a perfect, uh, perfectly good, white, good boy white boy like boy. that. <laughs> Some credit though. I wonder how how many times it took him to try that. But did you notice Keith David throwing the money at him perfectly? Boom, right in the box. Mm-hmm. Nothing but net. Oh, and so it purple fight. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you need to like play the Mortal Kombat music or the top of this test your might. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> Followed by put on the damn glasses. <sighs> Let's do this. I have no idea how the song really goes, but. Let's do that, or we can go Star Trek. You could also play Eye of the Tiger, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how uh, many takes of this they had to do. I mean, it's five and a half almost minutes just screen time. Mm-hmm. Page I mean, two, keep fighting. Yeah, I mean, this is like probably a three, four, five day thing. This originally was scripted to be like a 30 second fight scene. <laughs> and then they just, the, yeah, like I said, Carpenter was so impressed, he just let him go. <laughs> I feel like uh, You're the Best should be playing from Karate Kid. Oh, <laughs> Ram. That'd be great. Oh, God, I always love that shit. It means the whole thing of, this is on asphalt. <laughs> you dirty motherfucker. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I will have to say, it, any of you guys watched Banshee? No, that's, that's TV, not one I watched. TV series, uh, it's, on, it's on Cinemax, and it's starting to show up on uh, Amazon now, at least first season. They had a fight scene in just this recent season. That uh, was about three. It clocked in like three thirty-four. It damn near rivaled this. I, I was surprised to say, and other friends I know that watched the scene, it it got far more graphic than this one. It got a lot more intense, and a good chunk of it took place inside in inside and outside of a Rolls Royce. But holy shit, it was it was as brutal as this. It was that good of a fight where he had two badasses. The one's one's an enforcer for one mob boss, and the other one's a henchman for the other mob boss, and they just threw down. <laughs> yep, that's it, a nice suplex. Boom. Or would that be a side? Yeah, that would be almost side a suplex. side suplex. Yep. Okay, so fight scenes in action movies. Yeah. Would you say this ranks as number one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
I mean, to me, even just for the, it's one of those, the reality of the fight. It's not over the top. They're, oh, fuck. Uh, that just makes me <laughs> Wear cringe. a cup. Wear a uh, cup. It's like, <laughs> it's like once, twice, three times. Now you're a lady. Uh, for an object in the ring. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And disqualification. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> He's like, oh, oh I'm shit. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you made me damage my own cars, you son of a bitch! Uh, and I'm wondering if that guy, that bottle was supposed to break differently because that laugh looks genuine. Yeah. Well, oh, that was a mistake. Uh, let's keep going. It looks like well, he whacked it too hard. If it, if it was a sugar glass, he whacked it too hard, and that's why the whole thing shattered. He didn't have the, the cracked neck to use like a, a weapon. <laughs> so maybe they meant it that way. Maybe they didn't. It, it still worked perfectly. Yeah. Never really paid attention before, but I do like the the simplicity of the makeup effect. Though for you know fighting on asphalt like that, the back of Keith David's head is looking kind of raw. Oh yeah. <laughs> and round two. Two out of three falls. <laughs> Just that look at his face, like oh shit. Belly belly? Or is that a German suplex? That almost looked more like a German suplex because okay. belly to belly, they would yeah, actually be. Yeah, we would have flung him. That's Kurt Angle. <laughs> Look, Cross... it's lizard people. Crossface chicken wing. <laughs> almost. <laughs> the way he had him. Look, it's a jelly donut. And that would be one you'd take a flying fuck at. <laughs> Sorry. Random thoughts are random. <laughs> forgot that line. <laughs> How did I forget that line? I have it on mute, so you're going to have to help me out. Life's a bitch, and she's back in heat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was another one from the notebook. <laughs> I just love the reaction of the clerk's face when they come in to check in. Yeah. Like, um, this don't look good. And that's pretty much how I looked when I came home from the six-mile walk today. <laughs> I did a mile and a half this morning. So I'm going to do the rest of my workout later. Are they going to room 237? Wouldn't that be great if they had? I can't see room number. 
Ja, oh, 22. 22, ja. We're no longer in the beginning class. We've advanced to the 202 level. Ah. <laughs> See, so just thinking like, dude, you should just put the fucking glasses on. <laughs> you believe me now? Ah, <sighs> uh, I've actually ran out of trivia. <clears throat> oh, actually, no, I do, I've got two more because they haven't happened yet. When studying for this role and putting on the sunglasses, they watch a lot of Ray Charles clips. They don't smile enough. Uh, speaking of the glasses, I guess there's mention made later that they refer to them as Hoffman glasses. So there's uh, one of the thoughts on why they're called that. It could be a reference to Albert Hoffman, the uh, creator of uh, lysergic acid, also known as LSD. <laughs> I haven't seen this in so long I'm just like totally enjoying the hell out of it right now <laughs> I'm probably going to watch it again after this just because yeah it's been it's been a while since I've sat and talked over a movie this much <laughs> I usually don't I'm one of those people I am one of those theater Nazis that I will turn to people and say shut the fuck up <laughs> Well, it's usually a horrible movie at home I'll talk over and make fun of. Once oh, yeah. these, I usually I'm silent and glued to the television. Yeah. It is Carpenter. Indeed. Which is funny because I was going to mention that coming up within the next couple recordings that maybe we should do a John Carpenter day. Oh, definitely. And then this happened. Yeah, there's so many different Carpenter ones. As, as a callback, too, to our last episode uh, regarding short stories, I did find it's available on Whoa. Amazon. What? Well, I, I finally figured out how to turn the subtitles on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm reading the speech he's giving about um, when he was younger, and he mentions he ran away at 13, he had a falling out with his dad, you know, dad turned mean, held a knife to his throat, I wonder, I just wonder, you know, because that's when he ran away from home, if he was taking a little bit of true and putting it into the film. Yeah. That could almost relate into the story you're saying about being caught with the switchblade if you get a fucked up of a parental unit that takes the knife from you and then brandishes it back at you. I would get the fuck out, too. Yeah, I'd run for my fucking life. And for those listening, no, I did not have the subtitles on until literally just like five minutes ago. <laughs> I'm reading the... lips and listening to you guys. <laughs> uh, but that tells you how I've got the movie memorized because I really didn't that's need true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what was that one? What was that show they used to have? Milk, was, uh... Sunglasses, bubble gum, so he doesn't get mean. <laughs> that... Uh... I guess I guess it still goes on as uh, the L.A. Connection. I guess was the name of the comedy group that uh, did a thing called Mad Movies. 
that they took old movies and they just dubbed in their own dialogue. And I used to see, they had episodes of it that would play like late night on the weekends on one of the local TV shows or TV stations around here. And uh, they did like an old Shirley Temple movie and made it to where she got possessed. <laughs> so in essence, with the, with the sound off and us providing dialogue, that would be a way to do it. And suddenly, for some reason, I can't explain why, when you said Shirley Temple possessed, on the good ship, lolly, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Excuse me. Lollipop. <laughs> uh, oh, so let's say before I call back to uh, last week's episode regarding short stories. Um, we're talking about Stephen King's trucks and someone actually making that into a movie besides, you know, who made who or not who made who, but Maximum Overdrive. That uh, it is available on uh, Amazon Prime uh, for free viewing. I haven't watched it yet, but I threw it on my watch list. Yeah, we're still, I don't know why we're still in debate on it, but we're still debating if we want to add Amazon Prime to the Roku. We already got it, the channel, we just haven't signed up. Oh. Uh, because we're kind of looking at each other and going, we can see ourselves going into serious money financial trouble because we'd be like, download this one, download this one. Well, it's, there's a lot of stuff you can get, uh, um, some of the shows too, you can get on Prime that you can't get on Netflix or, or Hulu. Yeah, Night Court. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for at least for me, especially rural, rural area living, and as much as we order stuff off of Amazon, that Amazon Prime pays for itself just in the free shipping. So, I just want to order something, have that drone show up. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I live in Detroit, folks. That drone would not last. Yeah. I already had my neighbor come over the other day. Have you received any of our mail? And I'm thinking, you mean you squatters? No, haven't received a goddamn thing. <laughs> Not even washing your hands. You're going to get pink eye doing that. Now, see, there's a line right there that kind of stands with some stuff that goes on now. They can yeah. get to you even when the set is turned off. And then you hear there's people that can hack into your web camera even if you're not technically uh-huh. on the Internet. And I'm thinking, oh, great, there's millions of people that are enjoying me picking my nose while I'm surfing through games. Lovely. That's why I will say that's part of our uh, parental security on my daughter's laptop that I'm watching this on. There's a piece of duct tape that covers the uh, camera built into her laptop <laughs> so that she doesn't accidentally do something with it or someone else do something with it. So, I just put a piece of Kleenex over and let the magic take its course. Poor man's gauzy filter. <laughs> there you go. Or just too lazy to go up and actually put a piece of tape over the camera. Yeah. I'm like, what can I use to cover? Ah, here we go. Paper towel. <laughs> Yeah, we can't watch the chubby one pick their nose again. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and right now there's somebody watching this movie looking at that table of assault weapons going, need it, need it, got it, got it, got it, need it, need it, need it, got it, need it, got it, need it, need it, need it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. 
And I like how they just go in there, load up the knapsack, boys, just fill it up. <laughs> I did chuckle the other night when I watched it, and they went right for the grenades. Like, oh, hey, let's grab one of these, another one of these, another one of these. Because everybody's got a little Jane in them at heart. <laughs> be really be nice if we had some grenades. I'll be honest, I've always wanted to set off a grenade. I think it would be immensely satisfying. <laughs> I've never, I mean, I've got a dummy grenade that I got here. It's, uh, or it's, it was a, was going to be a grenade, but they didn't put the, the, uh, stuff on the inside. So mm-hmm. I use it as a paperweight or the occasional dog toy, don't ask. Um, but I, I just always thought if I set off a grenade, I just know me. I'm supposed to count to what then throw? <laughs> Too late. One, two, four. Three, sir. Three. <laughs> oh, yeah, three. Holy hand grenade of Antioch. I will have to say at this point, um, looking at time-wise, we're gonna, I'm going to be splitting this into two episodes. <laughs> Which is ironic, because it's got, what, about another 30 minutes left? Yep. Unless you want to just use the uh, the beginning part of it as the bonus content. Nah. i just do two-parter like we've done with some of our previous episodes. <laughs> It'll when last go. we joined our heroes, oh look, it's Meg Foster. But uh, yeah, probably for our cave radio part, this this will probably bleed into our bonus content because <laughs> we're going to be, depending on how long credits are at the end, we're going to be close to two hours. We can just chuck all the other stuff and and just roll this as some special thing. If it fits us in, like, right under time with uh, all the other things you had to put in for the bumpers and whatnot. Yeah. We'll see. Because I'd, I'd hate to split it with people if they're, like, watching along. True. True. So. Look, I, I just wanted to tell you, I didn't mean to throw you out of the window. Can we just, you know, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, wow. <laughs> And then no, things I've got exploded. splinters in my ass, thank you. You guys do not have to go outside. Get out. Go on. Go. Amscray. Don't make me get the bubblegum. Go. <laughs> And you can tell this is an 80s action movie because someone actually uses the news. I can't think of one movie beyond the 80s action-wise that anyone ever breaks out a newsie. <laughs> We're all enthralled in the gunfight. Now, here's the one. Was she looking for Piper's character, or was she looking for? You guys aren't supposed to be shooting me. Where? Who's who's the supervisor here? Oh, there's a brief cameo by uh, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name. The Asian actor, 
stunt guy. Yep. He's the one that tor- tortures Mel Gibson in uh, Lethal Weapon. He's With also the- in Die Hard as the guy eating the Nestle bar while they're yep. hearing the night before Christmas. Yeah. There's actually a documentary out about him because of so many movies that he's done. He was, he was one of the guys in uh, Big Trouble in Little China, too. Another John Carpenter film. I gotta find her. It's Kismet, I'm telling you. Again, that flare going off, but nothing else is burning. This Keith David is just funny with some of his deliveries. Oh, shit! (laughs) Now, see, I'm siding with Keith David on this one. (laughs) It's their watch. It's their portal. You want me to jump in there, not knowing where the fuck it goes. I don't think so. And it's so polite. If you need help in locating your destination, we have bilingual signs at every exit and entrance. Are we still just enthralled with the movie? <laughs> then I admit I'm doing a little tech work on the side here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk, talk and text at the same time. I'm not that multi-talented. Now, Amanda pointed this out when we watched this Friday. That device they just had. Wasn't that the same device in Ghostbusters to determine the, what the levels were? Yep, those are the, the exact same PKE meters from Ghostbusters. That was my last bit of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh no, you actually pointed out when I was trying to type things, so I missed seeing it for that split second. It would have been awesome for the re-release of. I think what was they just uh, came out with the anniversary edition of this movie. How old is this movie? Uh, eighty-eight. So twenty-seven. So probably they had, probably had a twenty-fifth anniversary that came out. They should have, uh, you know, CGI'd in Slimer just at that exact moment. Just like, <laughs> have you guys seen the the Going Clear documentary about Scientology? Yes. Yep. Yes. When this scene came up, <laughs> that's all I could think of was it's like one of their parties. Oh my god, that's true. <laughs> hey, well, Mister Solved. Where's the Thetan meter? We yeah. figured out Scientology, folks. Yes. We have just just blown the lid off Scientology, and this has been brought to you by John Smith, John Smith, Jane Smith, and Jane Smith. (laughs) We we just don't have the sunglasses, that's all. (laughs) 
I was thinking that should have been the moment too when they walk by the guards with the, the PKE meters. Should have had Piper or Keith David just go, listen, you smell that? The 80s hair looks so bizarre with the like lizard skull face thing. <laughs> This is still more nice than the strain there. I know you and I had a lot in common when we first met. It was when I saw you in them jeans, the same ones you're wearing right now. <laughs> Look mighty nice in them too. I know we ain't supposed to use them in cases of emergency, but they're fun. Not to mention every now and then I hit that button. Boom! I am in the parking lot of the peephole over on 5th and Elm. (laughs) Comes in real handy. I'll carry on luggage must be held securely. <laughs> oh, I'll be carrying it, all right. Ah! Wonder what Is the carry-on fees are. Device? Well, that's the only thing they have. I would imagine so. <laughs> then in the ladder, some damn thing. Here's the one thing. Why would they give this guy, who clearly isn't exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer, full access? Here, let me give you a tour. (laughs) I will say this. He probably sold out the, the cell in the church. That's probably how he bought his way in. Possibly. Possibly. At least when it comes to 80s fashions, the tux actually looks nice. That's true. It doesn't look like anything you've seen like out of the old like uh, 70s, 60s uh, like game shows I watch on occasion, where it's like all ruffles and all that shit. Yes. <laughs> that that looks styling, sir. Why? Thank you. I got it from Get Lord your Taylor. Hands off the keyboard. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> my studio my studio guest is rolling around on the bed trying to get attention and at the same time decided to just about plan her ass on the keyboard. Behind the scenes. I've never seen the inside of a new studio before. Yeah, they look real friendly.
it's always been kind of sad that they didn't have like some advanced laser weapon or something that they had to use a machine gun. Yeah. Literally has him by the short and curlies. <laughs> well. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. But I don't want to see him grab those short and curly, so that's good enough for me. Maybe maybe it's a, a, a prequel to uh, Men in Black. He's a Balchinian. <laughs> okay, that was a reach. I admit that one. <laughs> the one percenters? Reaganomics. Does he say trickle down? We sell out every day. Do we, sir? Do we? That line, actually, I read something earlier that uh, one of the suits said that line, the carpenter, like they were asking me, like, what's the movie about? And he was kind of explaining it. He's like, I don't see what the big deal is. We people sell out every day, and he, he loved that line and threw it in there. He's like, yeah, that's why I want to make this movie. <laughs> people just expect it. It's like a normal way of life now. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you can actually see them emote. <laughs> the actual look of surprises are being blown away. But what did I do? I just came into work today. Boom. Uh, the geek in me wants to see what kind of computers, if any, they have on their desktops. <laughs> Commodore 64s, Apples. Oh, God, maternity clothing was so hideous in the 80s. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, they're like, you are not a sexual being at all. Let's cover that <laughs> shit up. <laughs> We're just going to tent it. It'll be fine. We're putting. We're going to put just a little aluminum foil over that bun in the oven. We're putting the moo back into the moo-moo. You know what? The phone in my office looks exactly like that phone. <laughs> and it's probably been in my office since the 80s. Or at least on campus. Yeah. And for aliens, they have no peripheral vision at all. <laughs> for for as wide open as their eyes are, you think they would? Yeah. <laughs> and again, let's throw in Slimer. <laughs> Maybe look in, the, uh, in one of those windows in the back. It's a Stay puffed marshmallow man looks in. <laughs> There is no Dana, only Zul. And a bunch of weird looking aliens. <laughs> reload, reload. <laughs> Now, here's an, uh, a funny part that's coming up. When 
They finally run into Holly. Mm-hmm. Shit. Now, I know it, it doesn't move the story along to actually think this shit through, but... Shouldn't they have been a little suspicious when she pops out at the same place they're at? Yeah. It's the heat of the moment. We don't think these things ahead. He Even was thinking she's... with his dick. Holly! Uh, Hello, Holly! I missed you! Uh, to quote Robin Williams. And she even changed clothes! Yeah. And she did her hair! Thank this <laughs> through, people! To quote, to quote Robin, Robin Williams, one of my favorite lines of his, that God cursed man with enough blood to only work with both a brain and a penis, but only enough blood to work one at a time. Now see, that's my go-to move with guns right there. Spray and pray. Mm. <laughs> I do love how there's zero bullet holes anywhere. As much as he sprayed and he didn't pick <laughs> yeah, up... Yeah, like they, they all must have just gone right into the day. It's just all good. And he didn't pick up a single one of their guns. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I admit, recently I did rewatch uh Shoot 'em Up. <laughs> and that that's still one of my all-time favorite, just cheesy as hell, funny as hell action movies. But yeah, that's optimizing your ammunition, optimizing your weaponry, take what's available. Ooh, that's, that line plays right back into the, the Scientology. Exactly. <laughs> Dear Mr. Carpenter, are you sure this was about Reaganomics? That was a good shot of the wedding ring. To comply. And took one bullet from one little pea shooter. Pardon me, too. Mm-hmm. To fuck up the aliens' planets. Like, what brought down a million dollar industry? A two cent nut. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I wanted to screen capture this and use this as my profile picture where he bring, smiles and brings up the middle finger. <laughs> yeah. Ha <laughs> 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 Sit and spin, alien scum. Why is everybody on it? What's wrong? (laughs) Glory, you look like shit. (laughs) I love this little dig. dig. I love you written death. I love that little dig. Why are all you staring at me? I don't get it. (laughs) And here you go. And she's doing it all wrong. I'm sorry. So passionate. Yeah, just... So all mechanical. What's wrong? Well, you're nothing, doing nothing for me. And now that I think about you, ugly as fuck, motherfucker. Credits. Uh, Jason Robards the third. Oh, 
Yeah, I can see the family resemblance now. Yeah, I love that movie. Yes. Well done. Yes, I had to... <laughs> I could say along with the, the classic line, that was one of the bits uh, one of my buddies back in our role-playing game days... Uh, uh, what was the name of it? It was... Uh, Dark Dimensions or something. I'm trying. I cannot remember the name of the game that we played. Anyway, uh, it was one that you could travel through different dimensions, and uh, Robert's characters kind of model off of Duke Nukem to an extent. A little bit of a little bit of Duke Nukem, a little bit of Schwarzenegger, and uh, he ended up going into a hell dimension. And uh, as he's standing there blazing away with guns, he stands there and his character yells out, "I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum." And I'm all out of bubble gum. Then, from behind, he hears a big booming voice. I've got some gum. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he ended up uh, trying to. Uh, he saw that it was Satan, about oh thirty feet high, and ready to take him straight on. So he jumped out of that dimension. But that became a running tag in the rest of the stories. Anytime we did campaigns, he had to be careful when he dimension jumped because every now and then it could go random, and Satan was still looking for him. <laughs> The funny thing about that line, uh, the no bubblegum, mm -hmm. is whenever he does autographs, depending on what you give him, will uh, determine how he signs it. Like, um, I had him sign my uh, DVD of They Live, mm -hmm. and he addressed it to me personally, and he puts it just in quotes, no bubblegum, and then <laughs> signs his name. <laughs> But if he had a picture of him in like a wrestling, you know, a wrestling pose or whatever, mm -hmm. um, he would sign it, his name, and uh, Hall of Fame in the year he was inducted. So depending on what you gave him, determined what you got. And I, I, I kind of thought it was funny because as we walked away from the initial uh, meeting with him, I'm looking at it, you know, just like that kid who basically is given a gift from God. And for those who are religious. I'm not saying it – you get what I'm saying. It's like that feeling. But I'm looking at it, and I see that he wrote no bubblegum. And I kind of stop and look at my cousin and go, does that mean he's going to kick my ass? <laughs> she goes, I don't think so. Uh, that movie's so great. Yep. Well, I guess so that that it's so fun to have an excuse to watch it come up. Yeah, like we ever need an excuse. I know, but it's just always nice to get an extra. <laughs> yeah. A motivation, because, yeah, I'm sure we've all had a, God, I've been meaning to watch that for a while. And, you know, It's a sad motivator, but still uh, a fitting tribute to uh, the guy's career, because it's easier to do this than to watch mul multiple, well, it'd still be fun, but it's easier to give commentary on multiple, on this one movie versus multiple wrestling matches over the decades. <laughs> So, yeah, I think uh, I spent the good portion when he passed away before we decided to pop in They Live because I think I think it was you, Joe, who posted on Facebook that you were going to go watch it. And I'm like, I, yeah. yeah, I think I am too. Is I immediately went downstairs to uh, my own personal stash of DVDs and no, not the Bow Chicka Wow Wows, um, but I, I like watching documentaries when I'm on the elliptical. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones I have is basically. Uh, 
the one about him born to controversy, and it has all his Piper's Pits. It has some of his uh, best matches, which, you know, I'm shocked we didn't touch on, is the, the most brutal match they said probably from that era and even to this day is his dog collar match with Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, yeah, when he lost the hearing in his ear. Yeah, he lost, I think he said, 50% yeah. of the hearing in, in his left ear. But um, I, I just remember bringing that upstairs. I didn't watch it right away because I was still kind of like in the state of shock. And um, the next day, Saturday, I just, before I did anything, I even had it as background noise. I just popped in a disc, set it to play all the way through without – because, you know, WWE, if you ever listen to this, can you, I make a suggestion to you? Because I have several DVD collections that you produce, and quite frankly, this is annoying as fuck. Is after you select the match, it goes immediately back to the um, the menu, and it plays like uh, I think the one of the, uh, my other favorites is the Road Warriors uh, documentary, mm. and you just hear Hawk saying, "Oh, what a rush." That gets annoying after about the 50 millionth time as you're going through the menu because it happens with every selection, happens with every choice. It's like, dudes. Knock it off. Play it once. Done. See, Unfortunately I, for them, I like bagpipes. I'm, I'm, you're making me flashback and reminding me I do need to do a workout after we're done recording. But that's part of uh, DDP throws in all sorts of wrestling wrestling references throughout the workouts, and that's one of the ones that you're doing uh, instead of you know, instead of doing warrior positions as they'd be called in regular yoga. He calls them road warrior. And so you have Road Warrior 1 to where you're in a lunge with your arms up straight and biceps on your ears. And he goes, oh, what a rush. Then <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't come out with a Piper one. Oh. Unless he already does, or unless he already has one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of different Piper stuff that would have worked for different yoga moves. <laughs> <laughs> Because he, do, he does have uh, for uh, HBK, which is funny. Instead of instead of the workout being hips hips back hips knees and back, he actually worded it so it's hips back and knees. So you have the HBK workout. <laughs> and there's even a bit where you're doing like side lunges and doing cable pulls. That is showstopper. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, before we get off on another tangent, we have kind of come up to the wall of our recording times. Sad to say. Uh, Wish we could keep going on this, but uh, one of these days, maybe a different hosting site. <laughs> so, uh, until next time, folks. Uh, sorry, it doesn't look like we're going to have any extra content to throw up uh, this week. I'm thinking with where we're at. Uh, so, uh, Cave Radio folks, you're probably just going to get close to a two-hour straight-up show of us this time uh, when it, when this does air on Cave Radio. Uh, we're getting closer to getting the technical issues sorted out. Uh, we actually did air last night, but at the wrong time. So they're trying to sort out why that happened. <laughs> so anyway, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you can catch us at all the usual places that are on our, <laughs> that we say at the end of every episode. You can catch us on Twitter, catch us on our Facebook page, look for us everywhere. And, uh, we have surpassed, uh, 204 likes on our Facebook page. That's, doesn't sound like a, it's, yes. I'm thrilled with it. We're still growing, and we'll probably uh, we do have uh, gathering a little goodie thing for um, our 200th like uh, with good old Katie Sevy. 
or did Stevie. I say Stevie? Sorry, Stevie. sorry, Katie. Sorry, Katie. Uh, but yes, you will be getting some type of goodie prize uh, in the near future once we figure out what what it's going to be. <laughs> and uh, down the road, we are talking that there's a good chance we might even do something just for the horror reference uh, for whoever ends up being like number two thirty seven. So, uh, encourage your friends to like our page, folks. So, uh, until next time, uh, I've been Chris. I'm Joe. I'm Jenny. And I'm here to tell you, never throw rocks at a man with a machine gun. Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you enjoyed it, folks. Catch you next time.